Last time I'm going to say this, you need to get you one of those magnets and throw it on the back of your car. Man, the New Hope Nation is represented all over Central North Carolina. In fact, the, the, the group of um, missionaries that just went from here to Haiti, I heard put it on the back of their van in Haiti. How awesome is that? Uh, get you one of those. It's right in the uh, book rack in front of you. Throw it on your car if you're comfortable doing that. We'd love for you to do that. Welcome. So glad you're here. Love you guys over there in the coffee house and uh, Garner and NCCIW and the television ministry and anyone around the world via the internet. Welcome one. Welcome all. Um, hey, I got just three more Sundays left. I keep saying that. Just kind of reminding you so that you don't say like he never told me he was leaving. Um, I am leaving, but it's only short term. We will be back at the end of August. If you're new here, uh, worry not. We got amazing teachers on staff here, and we're bringing in other great teaching. And I am going on with my family the first sabbatical that we've ever had. My wife applied to a sabbatical through the Lilly Endowment, and we were awarded it, paid in full by the Lilly Endowment. And so we are leaving May 20th, which is a few Sundays away. And um, we'll be back at the end of August, and I want to encourage you just to lean in, stay engaged. It's going to be a great summer. Make me feel better and give me a hearty amen. amen. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. Glad you are here. Hey, if, um, last, this is the last Sunday in this series. If you've missed any of it or you want it, go to the Resource Center and pick it up today. You can get the whole series today. If you're anything like me on the parenting deal, you got to keep studying it. You got to keep learning it. You got to keep letting this stuff get reinforced because it's so hard to slip on this very hard topic of parenting. The first Sunday, we talked about Jesus Christ being the hub of our lives and that Jesus is never just a spoke. Remember this? And I talked about leading your family and loving your God, teaching the children to love their God and leading your family. Then last week, I pointed out because somebody said to me, I'm so glad the church is here to parent my child. <clears throat> and I pointed out last week, this is all we have with your children. That's 52. If you're here every Sunday, we've got 52 hours with your kid. We can't parent your kid. You are the parent, and you have been given over 2,600 hours with your kid, living hours that we have on the average. And so what we're talking about here is parenting together, partnering together. And so today, let's just go at this final, final deal today, this final installment. Grab your teaching notes, grab that pen in front of you, and let's just start with an acknowledgement, okay? Parenting is hard work. That's right. I knew I'd get a hearty amen there. Parenting is hard work. And here's what makes it hard, okay? Our children come into this world jacked up. You're like, who are you talking to? Why are you talking about my kid like that? Listen, your precious little child, whoever he or she is, might be precious and sweet and all that, but your child is jacked up. Amen. And mine come into this world jacked up. And I know some of you aren't going to like me saying that, but listen, it is true. You can tweet that later today. My pastor said my child is jacked up. Just tweet it. Get you some of that. Get it on the internet. Okay? Right? It's true. Listen, I know, I know one parent, they said, you know what? Before I had kids, before I had kids, I had lots of theories on parenting. Now that I have kids, I have no theories on parenting. 
Parenting is just hard work. Here, here's a quote. Here's a quote. This is from the Minnesota Crime Commission. Every baby starts as a little savage. Is this not true? He is completely selfish and self-centered. He wants what he wants when he wants it. Can I get an amen? amen. See, yeah, I don't have to convince you. His bottle, his mother's attention, his playmate's toys, his uncle's watch or whatever. Deny him these things and he seethes with rage and aggressiveness. Which would be murderous were not he so helpless. Right, right, right. He's dirty, has no morals, no knowledge, no developed skills. This means that all children, not just certain children, beloved, that's your child and mine. This means that all children, not just certain children, but all children are born delinquent. Okay? <laughs> if permitted to continue in their self-centered world of infancy, given free reign to their impulsive actions to satisfy each want, every child would grow up a criminal, a thief, a killer, a rapist. Now just... Leave that number for a moment. Just let that, let that sink in for a moment. Ponder that. Our children, as beautiful and awesome and precious and valuable as they are, the way they come into this world, would we not just all agree they come into this world pretty doggone selfish, huh? wanting what they want when they want it, right? And our job as parents is to parent them. And what we're talking about today is discipline. This is key. Our job as parents, as disciplinarians, is to take and train our children, Proverbs 22, 6, in the way of the Lord so that when they are old, they will not depart from it. Can I get an amen? So we train them. And you can't take this Sunday's message without last Sunday's message. If you missed last Sunday, please, please go to the resource center. You can get just that one or you can get the whole series. But last week I talked about extravagant love. And last week I talked about, man, we love our children. We give them abundant time, encouraging talk, loving touch. Remember that? And I sat up here and I did something I, I don't do because I'm not a big crier. And I know that's my problem. I, I, I got issues. But um, I, I, like, I, I wept last week, man. And, and there wasn't a dry eye hardly in the place. And, and we all loved last week and we all got warm fuzzies. And we all went home. I, I got messages, you know. People said, I played with my kids this week like I've never played with my kids. I mean, we all loved last week. It was all good. Felt, oh, just made your heart all warm. Makes you want to hold hands and sing Kumbaya, right? 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 So here's the deal, though. Last week was all about love. You, if you just parent your child with extravagant love and not what I'm going to talk to you about today, i.e. discipline... Guys, we will raise children that don't have what I might call biblical symmetry. You can't have one without the other. If, if you just get the discipline today, but you neglect the love part, oh, 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 it won't be pretty. But what we see in our culture is we see a lot of people who get the love part, the extravagant love, but they neglect the discipline. And I dare say, even if I have to stand up here and say it alone, we are a culture that has gone astray when it comes to discipline. You look at our culture, beloved, and you don't see kids disciplined much anymore. And in fact, a lot of what I say today will be incredibly controversial. But I don't, I'm not worried about political correctness. I'm worried about biblical correctness. 
And so we're going to go after a very, very difficult subject today. And let's just go get this. Before we jump in, let me just give you a few points. Grab those teaching notes. Oh, man, you want to take notes on this stuff today. Grab that pen in front of you. If you don't have children, worry not. You might one day take good notes. Um, and if you're like, I'm never going to have children ever, that's good too. You still need to take notes because I think this will apply to you because you will be around some biscuit snatcher at some point in time. <laughs> Number one, discipline. <laughs> discipline is correction driven by love. Right in the word love. As we talk about a very touchy, controversial subject, I need to make sure I establish that. Discipline is correction driven by love. You guys are so engaged. Let's read this verse of Scripture together from Hebrews 12. Here we go. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. And do not lose heart when he... Because the Lord disciplines those he... Those he what? He does what to them? Disciplines them. He disciplines those he loves. Proverbs 19.18. You did so well with that one. Let's read this one. Proverbs. Go. Discipline your son, for in that there is... Do not be a willing party to his death. Guys, all joking aside, listen. What I'm talking to you about today is such a serious conversation. It is the difference between life and death. Discipline. Discipline can set the trajectory of your child's life and his or her heart. Because we discipline to shape the heart. I'll come back to that in a little bit. But it can set the trajectory and send them on a path of life or a path of death. Here's, here's one more and then we're going to jump in. Discipline isn't something you do to your child, but it is something you do for your child. Oh, oh write that down. Some of you who are afraid to discipline, some of you who are afraid to be firm with your children because you want to be cool, you want to be hip, you think your number one job is to be their best friend. No, it is not. Your number one job is to be their parent. And what they need from you is discipline. The friendship will come as a result of the discipline. Okay? You need to understand if, if you struggle with this is, is that discipline is not necessarily something that we do to our children. It's something that we do for them. Zig Ziglar, the one and only Zig Ziglar said this, A child who has not been disciplined with love by his little world will be disciplined without love by the great big world. It's life and death. When we raise these children and we send them out into the world, if we do not discipline our children, if we have not shaped their heart, if we have not shaped their behavior, and to do so, remember, they come into this world as savages. To do that requires discipline, extravagant love, like I talked about last week, firm discipline. What is it? Say it with me. Extravagant love. What is it? Firm discipline. One more time. Extravagant love, firm discipline. Let me just talk to you today about some undisciplined parents, and then I want to talk about disciplined parents. We're going to talk about some, some undisciplined parenting styles. And uh, if, if the shoe fits, all I can say to you, beloved, is wear it. Okay? If it doesn't, no worry. You'll still enjoy this part. But in just a moment, we'll turn the corner. We'll change gears, and I'll end the message with talking about disciplined parents. What does it look like to be a parent who practices discipline? But first, let's go undisciplined. You with me? Say amen. amen. Undisciplined parents. Here's the first style. I might call them lifeguard parents. 
Some of you have heard them refer to as helicopter parents. But let's use the lifeguard parenting analogy. Here's the deal. You're a lifeguard parent if you often rescue your child from his or her consequences. Example. This semester alone, you have taken your child, his or her lunch to school. Three or four times because they keep forgetting it at home. Or your child forgets a book or their cleats or their clothes to to do sports in the afternoon and they call you. You might be a helicopter parent if you quit everything you got on the docket that day. You leave work, you go drive 30, 40 minutes one way, whatever, to swoop in and give little Johnny his lunch because little Johnny forgot his lunch. And little Johnny's got to eat. And you've done that three times this semester. You're a lifeguard parent in the worst degree if your little Johnny is still in college. Okay? 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 But that's the lifeguard parent. We do this, right? We do this. You do this. And moms, I love you moms. Women, I love you. But you guys struggle with this big time. Because, because, I mean, you got that stuff that we want, man. You're nurturers. You care. You want your little Johnny or little Sally Sue to know that you love them. And you would never want his little old belly to go without any food. And so you just keep swooping in as the lifeguard. You just keep rescuing little Johnny, little Sally, their whole life. Here's an idea. Take Johnny his lunch once. The next time Johnny forgets his lunch, tell Johnny, Hey, Johnny, we'll feed you when you get home from school. And what will happen is that primordial instinct inside a little Johnny will start realizing it is no fun to leave your lunch at home. And little Johnny, I can promise you, will eventually start to remember to take his lunch. God has set up this thing in the, in the world. Some of the discipline that I talk about today will be discipline that we bring upon our children and we have to. But isn't it great that God has organized this world in such a way that some of the disciplines, some of the consequences are just natural consequences? And the wise parent, listen, the wise parent allows the child to experience natural consequences of their behavior. It's like, you know, in our culture, when your child turns 16 years old, right? Here's an idea, just a wild idea. I know it's going to sound absurd, and some of you are just going to think I'm crazy and, and, you know, child abuse, whatever. But here's an idea. When they're 16, instead of buying your child a $35,000 car to drive around in, which a lot of people do in this culture, how, how about this? How about let little Johnny go to work and make some money? And then how about let little Johnny, how about let little Johnny pay for his own car? And instead of a $35,000 car, maybe he pays half and you pay half. I don't know. I mean, we're still figuring it out. I got a girl who's about to turn 15. Oh, God, help me. I don't know. I'm praying hard every day. What am I going to do? She's going to have to have wheels eventually, maybe when she's 30, but I don't know. Um, (laughs) No, so we got to decide that. But I tell you what we're not going to do. We're not going to pay her car off completely and let her just sit in it and tell you, no, 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 no. How about letting our kids work? Where they, where they invest in their own car. And instead of a $35,000 car, how about a $1,000 car? Glory, hallelujah. Can you even get a $1,000 car anymore? I don't know if you can even do that anymore. What's that like? But a $1,000 or two or $3,000 car, right? Paid for, like done. Teaching them good stewardship. Guys, this is very, very important. Stop being a lifeguard kind of parent. When your little child comes up to you, 
And they say, I want this cute little, cuddy, little, adorable kitty cat. You want to teach your child that that kitty cat will soon become a satanically possessed <laughs> animal that you will have to care for. That you will have to... And sometimes I feel guilty talking about cats because I feel like a hypocrite because, like, like we have a cat. So just for transparency here, I'm a hypocrite for talking about cats, but I need to, there's a disclaimer involved. The only reason I got a cat is because I just got married with my wife and we're sitting at Brugger Bagels before the kids came along and she opened up the newspaper and she saw a picture of a cat that had been abandoned and was at the shelter. And she said, oh, let's go get the cat. <laughs> so we got the stinking cat. But, but I, did, I did recover. I taught my kids how to treat the cat and handle the cat. And I brought a picture of my firstborn with our kitty cat. Look at that cat. Is that thing not possessed or what? <laughs> you, you animal lovers might be going, but that's, she's, she's getting bit. That's why she looks like that. No, that's a satanically possessed cat. It's a black cat. Um, I am just kidding for you animal rights lovers. I love animals. Don't, don't, don't send me anything. That's not even my firstborn and that's not even our cat. I'm just having fun with you. I'm just having fun with you. But we teach them these things. If we're going to get a pet, a cat, a dog, we teach them how to take responsibility. Here's another one. So before I go to the next one, like how many of you would just be honest? Come on, just be honest and admit that you have a tendency to be a lifeguard kind of parent. Yeah, yeah, we all do. And for those of you who didn't raise your hand, um, the next series will be on fibbing. Um, <laughs> no, just kidding, just kidding. Um, some of you might not struggle with that, but here's one that, that some of you struggle with. I, I would call it, check it out, the etch and sketch parent. Hey, y'all remember these? Etch a sketch, man. Do kids still play with these? <laughs> I think some do. It was at Target, so they must be still popular. You got the knobs here about the size of a Bible, and you turn the knobs, and it draws the lines left and right. And if you're really good, you can draw pictures that make sense, right? 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 But the thing about the etch a sketch is when you're done with it, if you don't like it, what do you do? And it goes away. Now, here's the deal. Many of us parent like that. We put lines out for our kids, and here are the lines, here are the boundaries, and though they're here today, guess what? They're going to change tomorrow because I'm going to shake it up. And what I would say to you if you're an Etch-A-Sketch parent is be very, very careful. Kids need consistency. Etch-A-Sketch parents often parent with inconsistency. Guys, this is huge. You can't expect your kids to, to raise up to a standard if the standard is always changing. So parents, you have to figure out what your strategy is going to be and, and be consistent. Don't, don't be an etch-a-sketch kind of parent, okay? You've got you've to decide where the, where are the boundaries. Because I'm convinced, listen, children who have discipline and boundaries and lines are happy and secure children. I would dare say that an undisciplined child, listen, is a very unhappy child. They might not let you know that. I mean, they might weep and gnash their teeth when you try to discipline them. But if you watch them closely and, and just study children... You will learn that a child that has no boundaries 
no lines consistently drawn around his or her life is actually a child who experiences a very destabilizing upbringing, a child who is actually very unhappy, insecure. It is through the disciplining process that we teach our children how much we love them and we love them enough, listen, to care for them with lines and boundaries. Am I making sense? Here's a verse. Verse, Proverbs. Proverbs 29, 15 through 17. The rod of correction imparts wisdom, but a child left to himself disgraces his mother. When the wicked thrive, so does sin, but the righteous will see their downfall. Discipline your son, and he will give you what, church? He'll give you what? Peace. He will bring delight to your soul. Notice the scriptures doesn't say discipline them today and not tomorrow. Notice the Bible doesn't say discipline them one way today, but change it up tomorrow. Let's deal with one more type of parenting. Write this in. Split decision parenting. Undisciplined parents. Split decision parents. What they do is they often present an ununified form of parenting. Married people, listen carefully. Listen, 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 parents. Those of you who are married. It is so important that you figure out how you're going to parent your child. And then, listen, then you stick to it together. Unified. I would almost go so far as to say I think it's probably better to have a poor parenting strategy, but you are aligned as a parent, as a couple, and you stick to it and you're unified than to have two different diametrically opposing parenting strategies and you are ununified. The children desperately need for you, if you're, if you're with your spouse and you're married, they need you to be together. Amos 3.3, 3, do two walk together unless they have agreed what? To do so. Unity. So listen, one of the best things my wife and I ever did was we um, studied a, a, a parenting curriculum called Growing Kids God's Way. We did it when we first got married, when we first had our first child, Anna Grace, and we taught it at the last church that we pastored, and I had a big group do it, and since then we've done it two more times. So altogether we've done it three times. It was the best thing we ever did. And so much of the parenting stuff that you hear me talking about in this series... So much of it comes straight from growing kids God's way. It is by far the most biblically grounded parenting study I've ever seen. And so, hey, I mentioned this in the last service. Maybe some of you are here and you want to get involved in a parenting life group. And you might want to do that curriculum or some other curriculum. There are some good curriculums out there. Mark your Connect card. We'll get you in a life group to, to go to school and keep learning and studying the parenting process. But here's my key point. Spouses. Have you even talked about what your strategy is? I am amazed at how many parents don't even take the time to get on the same page and say, this is how we're going to parent. This is the vision. This is the goal. Here's how we're going to do it. Here's how we're going to practice it. Here's what our discipline is going to be. I understand you're busy. And what happens is we get so busy and we have these little kids, we never even stop to say, okay, how are we going to raise these? Like, like, what's our strategy? And guys, listen, if you aim for nothing in life, you will hit it every time. 
This is key. Think this through. And let me just speak to the divorced people. This, I, I, I don't have a major solution for you, but listen, here's what's hard about being divorced. And I hear the story all the time. Some of you are here and you've, you've unfortunately been through a divorce and you split custody with your kids. And you have one practice in your home, one strategy. This is how you parent your child or children. But then half the time or three-quarters of the time or whatever, they go and they spend it with, their, with your ex, with their mother or father. And where that gets really confusing for the child is if you're trying to raise them one way. I see the head's already shaking. And, and your ex is trying to raise them the other way. Like, I don't know if I can fix that for you today, but can I just... Can I say to you, as much as you can, to put the hurt feelings aside, to put the jealousy aside if there's jealousy, to put the bitterness aside, as much as you can to, to get together with your ex and say, you know what, we're going we're gonna to forget our stuff. But how can we get our parenting on the same page unified? As much as you can do that, please, for the love of God and the sake of your child. Go for it. Try your very best to do that. It is so, so key. Amen? All right, now let's get to disciplined parents. We talked about undisciplined. How many of you would say, come on, how many of you would say, I think I didn't do this for the Etch-A-Sketch? How many of you would say, you know what? You know what the truth is? I'm like an Etch-A-Sketch parent. I, I'm sometimes inconsistent. Raise them. Don't, don't, be, don't be ashamed. Like, that would be me. I, 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 this, the one I struggle with the most is probably the Etch-A-Sketch. Because, you know, when you just have a lot of kids, it just gets, it gets hard, right? Like, I mean, sometimes my kids can come around me, man, and I, I'm just like Mr. Disciplinarian, right? right? And, and then other times, it's like I'm the love boat. Y'all just come in, just do whatever y'all want to do. You know what I mean? That's not, I struggle with that. That's not good. That is not good. So, again, since I confess that there might be a few more that will admit it, how many of you would, would admit, like, you're at your sketch? Yeah, yeah. How many of you, thanks for your honesty, how many of you would say, you, you know, you're, you may be that last one, you're parenting with somebody or an ex or even your spouse, and, and y'all just aren't too unified? Yeah, thanks for your honesty. Um, guys, get behind closed doors with your spouse, get on the same page, support one another, be united. Let's go to disciplined parenting, disciplined parenting. And this is where it might get, it might get a little tense at times. Number one, <clears throat> expect first time and cheerful obedience. I know this is for you if you laugh at that. So thank you for your honesty too. Guys, listen, and, and this is biblical, but this is what we do. This is what Amy Lynn and Benji does in their home. And I'm not saying it's exactly right and perfect, but I think it's biblical. And now I know it's biblical. I know it's biblical, but we don't always do it. Sometimes we fall short, okay? But listen, guys, you can expect, and I would say you should expect, first time, and here's a key word, cheerful obedience from your children. All of them. Can I get an amen? You say, well, why? Here's why. Here's a verse for you. Throw this bad boy up on your refrigerator and let this become your memory verse for the week. Children, obey your parents in everything for this what? Read it with me. Children, obey for this, this what? Pleases the Lord. Obey. 
obey. You, and listen, this is what you need to know because some of you are like, man, he's smoking crack again. No, listen, 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 listen. You can not only expect it, you can get it. You really and truly can get it. But you have to shape your family culture. And for those of you who have young children, you are at such an advantage. Like if you have a young child or you have a baby up in your belly, like I talked about last week, we got a baby boom going on at this church. We have never seen so many bellies up in, so many babies up in bellies up in this church. And we're already out of room in Hopetown. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, but listen, you, if you start this when they're young, you can get this. Now, for some of you who have some older children, you might leave today discouraged. Don't do it. There is hope. You can turn the tide. You can start making changes. It's baby steps, baby, baby steps, okay? But listen, you can expect first-time obedience. And you should not ever, I'm, I know I'm going to step on some toes right now. What is this all about? Johnny, come here, Johnny. I told you to come here. If you don't come here, Johnny, you're going to get a consequence. Johnny, number one. Johnny. Johnny, don't make mommy say it again. Johnny, don't you let daddy say it again. Two. Johnny. Jo I told you, Johnny. Two and a half. Seriously, people. What is that about? Seriously. If you do that, mom, dad, please, please, please let today be the last day you ever do it. What are you telling your child? Think about this. What are you saying to your child? Daddy doesn't mean it when he says it the first time. And by the way, daddy doesn't mean it when he says it the second time. And if I throw in the 2.5, I don't mean it then either, Johnny. But hey, if you make me get to three, then I mean it. What is that all about? One parent said to me earlier, they said, they, they counted off to their child the other day. One, two, and the little child said, I guess three means a spanking. <laughs> think, think, think. Don't, where did that ever come from? Say what you mean, mean what you say. Your child must listen. And when they don't listen, there's a consequence to it. And when you shape a child from day one to understand what mommy says she means, what daddy says he means, and there will be a consequence when you do that, guess what? You're not going to it's, 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 it's remarkable. Guess what happens? <laughs> they listen. Like Amy Lynn was gone. Amy Lynn's been gone since Wednesday, right? She took a bunch of staff. A bunch of staff went to the Orange Conference in Atlanta. She's not back yet. She comes back tonight. It's unbelievable. They did this conference, and they're visiting these great churches and all that. And some of you have come up to me, hey, how's it going? Are you okay? Are you making it? Are you going to be okay on Sunday? Is the house burned down yet? <laughs> and you know what? It's been awesome. It's been awesome. We've had an amazing... Now, my kids have gotten a little older now. My youngest is six, and my oldest is 14. I admit, in the early days when Amy would leave, man, I would be like a ragged doll, you know, full court pressing the kids is crazy. But man, you know what, you know what blessed me this week? Had them since Wednesday and have, we'll have them till tonight and could have them for weeks more. You know what's blessed me? Again, we aren't perfect, but you know what's blessed me? Is our children have actually reached a point where they're little people, number one, 
but they're just awesome. They just listen. You know what I mean? They, I want you to catch a vision of that. Your, your children, believe it or not, believe, trust me, they, they can listen and they can obey and they can do it with a great attitude. I want you to know this. This is key. Discipline more for attitude than actions. Did you hear me? Discipline more for what, church? Attitude than actions. Yes, you discipline your children for external conformity. I get that. That's important. But you know what's the deal in our family? If you mess up and we have to give you a consequence and we have to discipline you, and we'll talk about the forms of that in a moment, we're going to do that and, and we're going to move on pretty quickly. You go cop in an attitude? Mm, she said, mm. And it just went up several notches, right? Don't you... What is this that we put up within our culture with our young people talking back to parents? What, what is that all about? Or you give them a, you tell them to do something and they smirk off at you and they, they go to their bedroom, slam the door. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to provide a roof over your head. I'm going to put food in your belly. I'm going to raise you. And I'm going to take my biblical responsibility to parent you at the highest level. And you're going to go cop in an attitude with me? I don't think so. Are, are we together? Most of you. Some of you are probably struggling right now. Listen, guys. The, 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 the stuff in our culture about letting our children <laughs> self-actualize and, like, find their way and learn their own discipline? <laughs> Guys, there's a battle going on. There's a battle going on for who's going to be in charge in your home. There's a battle going on in our culture of who is going to steer your child or children. And if you aren't aware of it, you're already losing half the battle. Your job as the parent is to set the course and discipline them. And it is, it is what will set the trajectory of life or death for them. Don't you ever put up with attitude. It was Bill Cosby. I'm a big Bill Cosby fan. Bill Co and I, I'm not ashamed to say I have quoted Bill on this one. He said, I brought you into this world. I can take you out of this world. And I can create another one that looks just as good as you do. Huh? Huh? Now, don't take Bill or me too seriously. We, we're not going to take our children out of this world. Don't you lie. There have been times you thought about it. You know you have. You know you have. Right? Right? Guys, you're the parent. You're the parent. Here's, here's the second one. Here's the second one. If the first one is, the first one is expect first time in cheerful obedience. Here's the second one. Agree, and this is huge, to never discipline in anger. Did you hear me? Some of you have anger issues. You need to work on that. Like, I don't know about you. I've never done anything good in anger. Never. Never. 
So why would I ever try to take my highest responsibility in life, parenting, and, and parent in anger? Don't, don't parent in anger, okay? Call a timeout. Just like we teach our kids timeout, call a timeout. Walk outside the house. Deal with it the next day. Do not parent in anger. The Bible says this, Ephesians 4, 26, in your anger, do not sin, okay? Can I just have a moment of confession here with you for a moment? Some of my worst parenting has been done when I've been angry. And I've blown it. I've blown it at times. And I've had to repent before my God in heaven. I've had to ask for his forgiveness. I've had to go to the next step. I've done this multiple times. Go to my kids and say, I'm sorry. Like, I am sorry. Will you forgive me? I blew it. Okay? Don't, don't parent in anger. And if some of you have blown it, listen, the best thing you can do is ask God to forgive you. And some of you might need to go to your children and ask your children to forgive you. You do not want to stand before God one day having messed up your children out of anger. These are his children. The Bible says, let the little children come unto me. Okay? You don't want to stand before God one day having, having just blown it with your kids and parented them out of anger. So you got to agree. Amy Lynn and I have agreed. We're not going to parent our children, discipline our children when we're angry. Okay? And so often, you know, we'll have to say to each other, we got, we got to do this later. we got to go away. we got to pray. we got to think things through. Do not do that. Okay? Are we tracking? When we parent in anger, we live to regret it. I guess this is probably as good a time as ever to talk about a very controversial subject. Okay? And... Um, I'm sorry if you don't agree with me on some of this. Some of you will. Some of you won't. Um, I often say I don't care. I don't give a flip. And, and that's not really true. I actually thought about that after the first service. I, I do care uh, what you think. Um, but I don't let that determine what I do. But I, uh, I probably just go ahead and get it out there with you. We spank. We spank. Um, and some of you don't agree with that. And that's Okay. That, that's your right. Um, but in the Kelly home, we spank. Um, we do it very rarely. Remember the, the point. We never do it in anger. But we, we spank. The Bible talks about spanking. And again, I know it is not politically correct. But I'll go to my grave standing on the fact that it is biblically correct. We spank. And... The parenting that we do, that we've practiced, and, and, and it's become true. This is the greatest thing I can share with you today. When you, when you parent strong from the beginning, you shape the child so much in their early years. I think it was Einstein. Don't quote me on this. But I think it was Einstein who said, give me a child when they are born, and by the time they are six, I will give you whatever you want. In other words, those early years are so formative. So what I'm saying to you is in our parenting process and growing kids God's way and all this stuff that we've practiced, when you take this stuff very seriously early on, you get to a point very, very quickly where you don't have to spank. Like our spanking is done. I mean like done by the time the child is five or six years old. Done. Isn't that, isn't that delightful to think about? Instead of sometimes you hear about parents who are trying to spank a teenager... I don't know about that. That's, that. That gets all jacked up. What if they decide they want to punch you back? I mean, you know, this, you know you, then you're really going to have to put on your big boy pants and show them what you got. Um, um, 
Where'd that come from? I don't know. I really don't know. Um, but like, like, we're done. We're done with spanking our children at the age of five or six. It's awesome. Occasionally there might be one a little bit later, but it, it hasn't happened. Um, and I, I can't emphasize this enough. It's rare. It, like, I was trying to think about how many times we've probably spanked our children, and we've got five. Um, I, I don't think I've spanked my children more than like 12 times. Total. You're going per child? No, no. <laughs> like total. Like I, I don't think Amy Lynn and I have spanked our children more than that. Because if you do it early on and you let the child know, hey, what dad says, what mama says they mean, they don't push you much more. Okay? Again, some of you can disagree. Hear me, parents. Hear me. You can be a great parent without spanking. You can. Some of you, I, I know some great parents who've never spanked their children. You can still show your child what you mean you say, what you say you mean, and don't you mean there's consequences. There's all kind of consequences. Time out, taking privileges away, extra chores. I mean, we practice all of those. And we save the spanking for those rare, rare, rare instances. But I just want to be honest with you, and you know that's how I am. What you see is what you get. We do spank. We do spank. You might decide not to, and that is okay. Okay? But we do, and it is biblical. So don't, don't send me any hate mail. Don't go writing DSS. You know, the pastor of that New Hope Church abuses his children. Come on. The Bible says this, Proverbs 13, 24. He or she who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him. Okay? Okay? If you got a problem with it, um, you don't really have a problem with me. I think you have a problem with the Bible, and you need to talk about that and think about that. But you got to figure out what works for you, but we, we do do it. And let me just say this, and then I'm going to move on. Those of you who are sitting here and you're really pushing back on me, like right now you're really thinking that's wrong. You shouldn't spank your child. Here's your argument. Your argument is that when you spank a child, you teach a child how to be violent and mean, right? So if your argument is accurate... Because we've all, it's only been in this generation that we've started hearing this about spanking. If your argument is valid, then we should be able to look at this generation and conclude it to be the most loving, warm, well-behaved generation. Need I say more? Like, how many of you, how many of you grew up in a generation where your parents practiced spanking? Wow. How many of you, this is my story, how many of you went to school and in the school they had spanking? I don't know if I agree with that. I, 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 I'm glad they changed that. But when I was in middle school, baby, Principal Jordan would come down the hallway and he'd line you up right by the water fountain. I can remember it like it was yesterday. The reason I can remember it like it was yesterday is I found myself there many, many times. And Principal Jordan would take out that wood, spank, wood paddle. Glory, hallelujah. I'm glad they don't do that anymore because I think the parent is the only one that should do this, actually, to be honest with you. But I would lean over and Principal Jordan would paddle your butt till you sang soprano, baby. Right? Right? Now, I don't know if I agree with that, but, but if your argument is valid, we'd be able to look at this generation and see a big change. No, 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 no. I believe God's word stands true. Amen? First of all, we expect first time and cheerful obedience. Secondly, we agree to never discipline in anger. And here's the third and final thing I'm going to say. Discipline promptly with instruction and reconciliation. 
Oh, my, 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 this is important. Oh, Now, discipline promptly, here's the one caveat, unless you're angry, because we just talked about anger. So you, we discipline promptly because the child needs to understand that there's a very little time between the offense and the discipline. Their little minds need to be able to connect the two. If Johnny does something wrong today and you're like, I'm going to discipline you when we get home. And home for you is like an eight-hour trip because you're on vacation. You might consider stopping the car and pulling it over. Because Johnny might not make the connection. Sometimes it can be effective though for that little ride because the whole ride home, dude, they're thinking about it. <laughs> you know? But you discipline promptly. Two words, very important words, with instruction. Johnny, Sally, whatever your child's name is, this is why we don't do that. Okay? This is why, this is why this is wrong. Here's the consequence, and 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 practice the consequence. But you discipline with instruction. It's our job as parents to explain. It's our job to teach them. The Bible says this in Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the, help me out, church, in the what? And the what? Instruction of the Lord. So we train them. We teach them. It is our job. And guys, let me just camp out on the last word for just a moment. Reconciliation. Have you noticed something? Have you noticed when you discipline your children... There's this time when all of that passes where there needs to be reconciliation. Have you noticed this? And guys, this is where we mess up. Parents, if you're not healthy, you'll sometimes hold a grudge against your child. And the child holds a grudge against you. And you go in separate parts of the house and you don't talk about it. You don't, you don't get back together. And sometimes, parents, we, if we do that, we really, really are damaging our children. The best thing you can do after you discipline your child is you allow for reconciliation. It's some of the most tender, precious, beautiful moments after you discipline your child. It could be spanking. It could be timeout. It could be a consequence. You instruct them. But after that, if you watch your child, he or she will find a way to come back up to you. And what they desperately need, what they desperately want in that moment is reconciliation. And some of you parents know this. They'll crawl up in your lap. Is that not a precious time? And they'll just sometimes... And they crawl up in your lap, man, and you hold them. Listen, that's more than just holding. You are closing the loop on the parenting process. You're, you're experiencing reconciliation. Guys, this is what it's like with God. When you and I sin, right, the relationship is fractured. It's broken with God. What brings it back? There's, there's consequences. Father disciplines us, sometimes through consequences. Then there's what? There's repentance. There's confession. Now, what if after we repented and confessed our sin, what if God kind of like stiff-armed us? Get thee away from me. Yeah? I dare say none of us would be here today. Right? What does God do? After the confession and the repentance, there's that intimate, precious time where through prayer, through relationship with God, that we're reconciled back with God. If God didn't allow that to happen, like I said, none of us would be here. The parent's job after you practice the discipline is to encourage and create and welcome true, intimate reconciliation. When your kids get older, it might be nothing more than we're going to go play ball together out in the yard or we're going to go out to eat. But if you just watch a child, listen, church, they desperately need reconciliation with mom. 
and or death. Don't, don't deprive them of that. So I want to wrap up and, and just I want to kind of move us toward an intimate moment of prayer. I want us to really have an extended moment of prayer and even an extended moment of worship this morning as we wrap up this series because, guys, this is huge. And some of you have just been stirred in very, very intimate ways. I know this about you. When I start talking about your kids, I am talking about your most valuable possession, your most valuable. I mean, this is, this is right up close. This is, this is in your grill kind of stuff. And so I want, us to, I want us to pray together today. I want us to give God our children. I want us to ask God to bless our parenting. I want to ask everybody, if you can, to kind of try to stay put in here instead of jetting. I know some of you, we don't want to do that. We don't want to squelch the moment here. There was an Arkansas couple who, who uh, true story, by the way, they, they had a young, young child, six-year-old child, and the child could play out in the yard, but the child knew that, that he needed to come home at 5 o'clock every day, and if the child didn't come home, that, you know, they, there were consequences involved. And, and one Monday in April... Uh, the child missed the 5 o'clock curfew, and the child rolled in about 6, and the mom started giving the child a hard time. It was about to lay out the consequences, and the child looked at his mom, and the child said, Mom, I, I just always know when to come home by the light and where the sun is. And the mom then realized, oh, daylight savings time just changed, and he pays attention to the light. Church, I, I want to let you know there are a lot of voices, a lot of voices screaming at you to get your attention on the parenting process. And I just want to remind you that, that as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. And as for me and my household, we really believe that, that God didn't leave us orphaned or abandoned. We really believe that, that God has given us the, the, the manual, if you will, for everything, including our parenting. And so I, I want to encourage you as we wrap up to follow the light. Don't listen to the voices that are scammering for your attention. Follow the light of God's word and take your parenting responsibility seriously. Offer them extravagant love. I mean, lay your life down for your child. Extravagant love. But listen, church, don't neglect firm discipline. They need both. And when we parent with this kind of symmetry... I really believe, call me a fool, but I really believe, Proverbs 22, 6, you train them and raise them in the way of the Lord. When they are old, they will not depart from it. Can I get an amen? amen. Let's pray together. All heads bowed, eyes closed. Father, I want to thank you for, uh, for what you've done in this series, God. Just for me personally, it, it's just always so encouraging and and challenging for me to teach this stuff because I'm just reminded of the awesome responsibility that I have as a parent and as I have as a pastor, God, to try to teach these things to this church. God, I want to pray for those who are here today with, with, with everyone just thinking about their lives. If you don't have children today, I want you to just think about your relationship with God. This applies to you. And maybe there's sin in your life that you need to confess and that relationship has been fractured and broken and, and you just need to come back home as a child to, to his or her Abba Father. And you need to confess and repent and you need to have that moment that we spoke about earlier of just experiencing that reconciliation with God. 
Maybe you're here and you have children. And what I'd like for us to do who have children or those who are carrying children, I want to ask you to do something that my wife and I do and did with every one of our children in the hospital room. I want to I want to invite you to give that child to the Lord. Maybe you've never thought of it that way. But I want to invite you to say, God, this is your child, and I want to thank you that you gave him or her to me. And Lord, I need your help. And I want you to know, Lord, that I understand that this is your child, and you've entrusted him or her to me, and God, I want to raise them in the way of the Lord. And that, that's you today, and you would declare that to God, and you'd say, God, my children are yours. And I just want to acknowledge that today and entrust them to your instruction and to your care. If that's you, I just want to invite you where you are. Just raise your hand right now. Just pop them up there high. Lift them up high. Raise them up high. Yeah, a lot of them. Hold them up. Hold them up. Father, I pray for every single one of these people who, who are just letting you know, God, that they understand parenting is an awesome responsibility that you've entrusted to us. Father, would you bless these? Would you bless these at our campuses? I want to pray lastly for those who are here and you want children. One of the things that continues to tear my heart out is when I hear from humble parents who desperately want children. And for whatever reason, God, they have not been able to conceive. I want to pray for them, God. I want to pray that you give them the desires of their heart. And God, if that's children... I ask that you bless them. I ask that you allow that to happen. Either through the biological process or maybe through adoption or whatever the case might be. Father, you've implanted within us this strong desire to raise children, to impact future generations and advance your kingdom. So for those, God, who just the subject of parenting is one of the most tender subjects they ever confront. Would you please give them the desires of their heart, Father? Or would you in time change the desires of their heart? Whatever your will is, God, we surrender to that. Father, we love you. We need your help with this. We thank you for what you've done here in three weeks. And we pray for our children. And we trust that you are going to bless them and future generations. Father, pour out your favor in your presence here in this moment as we worship you as we continue to think about how we are as moms and dads as we continue to think about our children let all of that take place in this sacred moment as we respond and worship you Jesus you and you alone we pray this in Christ's name amen